Hi friend, if you love the information you hear in the podcast, then you will love the free mini series of videos that I've put together just for you. It's all about the biblical blueprint for health and teaches you exact principles I've taught to thousands of Christian women that result in weight loss, better sleep, increased energy, clearer skin, and sharper brains. You can go to thechristiannutritionist.com slash miniseries to grab this free set of short, powerful teachings that will show you how to create better health God's way. It's at thechristiannutritionist.com slash miniseries. Go check it out now. Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? I am super excited to have my friend Carrie Hicks as a guest on the podcast today. Carrie is one of my Exodus sisters. We met a few years ago on an Exodus retreat. I think it was Moab, which was fabulous because Exodus goes to the coolest places and also draws the coolest people like Carrie who love Jesus, love adventure, and love experiencing God's beautiful creation. Carrie has a very unique skill set and expertise. She owns a hair salon. She's been a stylist for 33 years, and she's also a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. I'm going to let her tell you how that came together and how it does come together in the way that she works with clients. We are going to talk about all the hair things today, and it's going to be as fabulous as she is. Welcome, Carrie Hicks, to the Christian Health Club podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Chelsea. I'm so excited to be here today. I'm I've been really looking forward to this. Oh, it's just so fun because we're we're buds. <laughs> I love it because I was before we start hit record. I was telling Carrie like I just feel so easy just to have you on here. Like I'm usually nervous when I have a guest, or sometimes even when I'm by myself doing this episode. But today, I just feel like we're gonna have a very fun and fruitful conversation. And so I'm looking forward to that. Let's start by sharing, you sharing how you came to functional health and nutrition after being behind the chair, being a hairstylist for so many years. This is such an interesting combination. Well, I think like with most health practitioners, you know, it starts with your own health issues. And so probably the early 2000s, I was diagnosed with PCOS, had the weight gain, you know, the awesome facial hair, had, had all the typical symptoms. And when I went to my gynecologist, I, I just remember being frustrated because her response to me was, well, you look healthy, your BMI is fine but you are showing some, you know, insulin resistance. So let's get you on some metformin. And I asked her for other options. I was like, are there things, other things I can do, diet, exercise, like I'm willing to do whatever I need to do. And this woman just told me that, that no, I was fine. And, you know, the easiest route would to, to be just to take the pill and not to, not to sound or be judgmental, but this woman did not look like somebody I really wanted to take health advice from, honestly. So I went home and started digging into research and I ended up, started running, changed my diet and lo and behold, my, my symptoms did get better. I did experience some IBS later, you know, same thing. Um, ended up just doing whatever I could to change my diet to improve those symptoms with, with no help from doctors because the information I was getting just didn't make sense to me. I, I don't want the the quick fix. I'm willing to do the work. And then things just keep kept um, progressing stress-wise. And then my mother ended up ill and taking care of her for a couple of years with my sister tag teaming that because we all live in, we lived in different towns and 
watching my mother just decline and the doctor's responses and even what the nutritionists were telling her and watching her over two years just slowly die of things she did not need to die from was kind of the icing on the cake for me. I, I was so frustrated. I was frustrated with her doctors. I was frustrated with her, honestly, um, not being willing to make any of the changes. She's definitely the person that just wanted the pill and, and the quick fix. And and I know that that's just not ever going to really get you to a place of health. And after she died, my, I, I remember, I remember, you know, we were at the lake one weekend and all of a sudden my body just absolutely freaked out. And I think all the stress just caught up with me. I started breaking out in eczema patches, having allergic reactions. And that's when I really, really dug into the research and what's going on and how can I make this better? I knew going to the dermatologist wasn't going to give me the answers I wanted. They were going to give me, you know, a cream or steroid or some kind of pill. And I didn't want to go that route. So I started digging in. I ended up doing a detox program with great results and continued, but you know, that was a plant-based detox, you know, smoothies and salads. And I ended up doing that for an entire year, which did resolve a lot of my health issues. But then I started losing my hair because, you know, I'm not getting enough of the nutrients, good old aminos and protein. So that just kept me wanting to learn more. And I ended up actually getting a holistic nutrition certification. And from there, we went straight into COVID and, and then my clients started losing hair. So it's just been this crazy progression and digging for answers for my clients with their hair loss took me even further into this functional health world, realizing that the answers, the typical answers out there right now, they don't go deep enough. They don't really resolve the actual issues. They just are another Band-Aid fix. So I have just really gone all out. And, you know, after being behind the chair for 33 years, I'm really excited to make a transition into doing something else while also still focusing on you know, my clients with hair loss. So it's just been this crazy progression. Yeah. Well, like you said, that's how it starts for most of us. It's our, our own issues that we're not finding answers for and kind of hitting that brick wall. And you just have to kind of figure it out. And then once you do, you're like, what in the world? Like, why is nobody explaining this or talking about this? Or why aren't more doctors offering these options? I think that's interesting that you did a plant-based diet for a year. Let's talk about that for a second, <laughs> because I do think that I do think those things can work therapeutically. And I've said that over the you know over the years, like whether it's carnivore or keto mm -hmm. or even a plant-based, you know, they can work. They're great for therapeutic diets, but after a while. They're great till they're not great, right? They're great till they stop exactly working and they're no longer therapeutic. So for you, you said you started losing your own hair or, or was that, or what else did you kind of experience from that? Uh, muscle, I started losing muscle as well. And so, you know, like, like I mentioned, it was a great healing modality for that time period. I think it's really what helped me with my IBS also, because I think I repopulated my gut flora and got those good prebiotics in there. And when I, when I say plant-based, I was whole food plant-based, so nothing processed. I was cooking like a maniac, tons of fresh vegetables. And it was, I kind of had to learn how to re, you know, cook all over again. But yeah, after a year, I just noticed I just had massive amounts of hair coming out and then I'm also, you know, at this fun stage of life in perimenopause. So perimenopause and then not getting enough protein and aminos. And I just noted my, noticed that my muscle mass has, was just diminishing like crazy. And I'm still like, I, I don't know if I'll ever really get that back. I've, I'm going to have to really work on that. But, but yeah, it helped with so many things, but it is not a long-term fix. <laughs> No, not at all. I know I'm in the same stage as you know, perimenopause, and it's when your arms start waving back at you, and you're like, "Hey, what's happening? I don't. Yeah, what is that?" So I, I'm interested. Okay, because you said when you did the plant based diet and it helped fix your gut. See, I think so, so many people who have IBS and how like putting a bunch of roughage in is so hard. So did you? 
have that at first? Did mm-hmm. you kind of have to get over the hump or how did that, was it fine for you? Um, it was actually fine for me. And I, and I understand that, especially now working with people with gut issues. Yeah. If you just add in a whole bunch of roughage, um, it can be devastating, but I did not have that issue. So I feel, I feel lucky for that. Well, that's good. That's good. Okay. So let's talk about you working in your salon behind the chair and all these women are coming in with hair loss, which, you know, I'm sure you had seen before, but I just, I know that I have heard about it so much since COVID, like epidemic, like what is going on? So talk about that and then how that led you to more of your education and the kind of testings and and the way that you would help them and the things that you, you know, what, what would you say to somebody maybe who's just generally losing, you know, having hair loss and then, and then also just, you know, that progression in, in COVID kind of just covering hair loss in general, but take it away from there. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. When we got to go back to work because as salons, we got shut down for several weeks and that was stressful, you know, as a stylist trying to make a living everybody was stressed out. And then you had those spike proteins. It was just a disaster. It was the perfect storm. So we got back into the salon about six months in. We had our clients coming in and we had several women that lost more than half of their hair. So while tons of them were losing hair, several of them lost more than half. And it was just shocking to all of us. They were devastated. They were asking us questions. We did not have the answers. In beauty school, you know, they just barely touch on hair loss, just kind of so you can identify it. They don't really teach you what causes it or anything like that. Plus, you know, I went three decades ago, so I'm sure what what they teach now is different from what I learned, hopefully. But I just started digging in just to find answers for my clients. So I ended up, lucky me, I found a place in Scottsdale just a few hours from where I live. And they're amazing. It's National Hair Loss Metastatics. And I went to their program. They have a program specifically for hairstylists. And it was a two-day program. And I literally, it was, they just took me. Like, they didn't take anybody else. It was just me. They, they helped me dig in and taught me so much. So none, I could identify. I could give answers. But, but some of the answers still just being, but having that holistic mindset, they didn't go deep enough for me. And so while I could finally offer some, some things that could help clients, it still wasn't, it wasn't enough information for me. So I then ended up attending the world trichology conference. And most people don't know what trichology is. It's this paramedical space between cosmetology and dermatology. And they just focus on scalp health, scalp issues, and hair loss. And they are amazing. And they really do take a more holistic approach. And I feel like they're even, they are working on even going further into that. But still in the hair loss world, what they teach you is that, um, you know, like a lot of the genetic hair loss, the pattern hair loss is, is caused by a sensitivity to a hormone called dihydrotestosterone, otherwise known as DHT. And then they just kind of chalk it up to that. And I didn't really like that answer. So that sent me searching for more. Plus, you know, then the COVID hair loss, that's definitely an inflammatory response or a stress response. And, and so truly hair loss is, it falls into three main categories. And so that's inflammatory, hormonal, and nutritional. And so anything autoimmune can fall under, you know, the inflammatory hair loss hormones is your PCOS, your thyroid. You have nutritional, so any gut dysbiosis, so you're not digesting protein, you don't have enough stomach acid, you have an imbalance of gut flora, parasites, viruses, all of that stuff. So really it falls into three main categories. But from there, the the treatments are, the most common treatments are prescription drugs that can mess with your hormones and they can have long lasting effects. So my, in my research, being the girl that's not into Band-Aids and, and willing to put the work in, I just wanted to dig in more and I, I needed to see what was upstream further 
what was truly causing these issues. And that's what led me to FDN. I was going to go to trichology school and who knows, someday I still might, but I chose FDN because uh, Reed Davis and his program, they do such a great job of really showing us how cortisol, how the chronic stress response affects the body and throws everything off balance and how it just cascades and one imbalance leads to another imbalance and, and it just ends up, you know, they all feed into each other. And so his approach to overall health just made the most sense to me. So I've taken that program and that information and just added what I've learned from hair loss in the treatment modalities, the ones that I feel comfortable with. And mostly because those treatment modalities, while they can be very effective, they can also be very expensive. And you are not going to get optimal results or even keep those results if you're not treating, you know, what's actually contributing to your hair loss. So whether it's COVID, whether it's hormonal imbalances, whether it's, you know, nutritional deficiencies or malabsorption, it's, it's about kind of digging in and finding those stressors that are contributing to that hair loss and addressing those and then doing the treatment modalities and the growth promotion and doing that in the proper order. And that's where I'm seeing the best results. So it's been a lot of fun just learning. I know you and I are a lot alike. We're constantly learning something and, and then putting those pieces together to, to help my clients and, and even help my stylists in their business. So it's, it's been quite the journey, but you know, I'm, I will continue learning. And then now getting to add the functional lab testing in is just gives me that extra, I guess, that extra layer of being, of being able to help people. So now we can really dig in and truly see what is contributing to those issues they're having. The biggest challenge that I face currently doing this with this approach is getting people to understand and accept that their hair loss is actually just a symptom and it's not the actual problem. So that's currently, I would say, my biggest challenge with hair loss. I'm sure. It's kind of like weight loss, right? In the fact that yes. I have this weight, I want to lose it, tell me what to do. And it's like there's a, there's a lot more to it than, than just that. Weight, weight is a symptom of something deeper that is not functioning optimally. So absolutely. How, okay. So how do you, so somebody's sitting in your chair and they're like, oh my gosh. And I know you don't work as much beyond, uh, behind the chair anymore. And we'll talk about kind of your, what you're transitioning to, because it's the coolest thing ever. But like, if somebody is sitting in front of you and they, you know, they're losing their hair. I mean, where are you going to start with, where are you going to start with them? I guess, are you going to determine if it's inflammatory, hormonal, or nutritional? I mean, where are you going to start? And so if somebody's thinking about this, like, where do I need to start? What, what do you say? I start with a questionnaire that has all kinds of questions from what they're experiencing, how long they've been experiencing. Are they losing just from like the tops of their, like the top and the sides of their scalp or from all over? How long has this been going on? Is there hair loss, you know, in their family history? So I start with those kind of questions. And then I start asking questions like, what is your stress level? You know, how often are you under stress? What does your digestion look like? How often are you pooping? You know, those, those really fun questions. So I really get into even hormonal questions. Do you have PCOS? Are you experiencing menopause? What about thyroid? So I really kind of dig in and that kind of helps direct me. Um, in where to go from there. And, and so just the pattern, like where they're losing their hair from and how long tells me, is this, is this a stress shed like telogen effluvium where this is going to last for a few months, but it's going to stop. It's temporary and their hair is going to grow back. Or is this something more serious, like an autoimmune issue? So I start with that questionnaire and it really does help me to know where to go from there. Are there times in life where it's normal to shed more hair at one time than others? I'm going to say as a hairstylist that's been behind the chair forever, that we see a lot of shedding in the fall and in the spring. 
seems counterintuitive that the body would want to lose hair at those times, but that is really when we notice a lot of shedding. And is that like medically backed up? I have no idea, but that is what we see. Oh, that's interesting. I can see the fall more than I can see the spring, you know, like fall, everything's like losing its leaves. It's kind of that shedding Mm -hmm. season, but spring is kind of growth. So that's, I wouldn't think that, but what about, I mean, I aren't like postpartum, that's kind of a normal time to lose. Yes. Right. Okay. That is, it's very common. Not everybody does, but you know, estrogen levels are higher during pregnancy and the body is in a, you know, major growth. It's growing everything. And so that hair you normally shed, like we, we normally lose 50 to a hundred hairs a day and that is completely normal. And so during pregnancy, you know, our estrogen's up and we've got this thick, luscious, shiny hair. It's amazing. And then we have that baby and our estrogen levels drop. And then all that hair we would have lost during that pregnancy time is now coming out and plus some, and it can be very traumatic and upsetting. And then I know when I had my son, my hair loss continued um, with with nursing him, with breastfeeding. I, I breastfed for like about almost a year. And it got to a point where I could not keep enough calories um, down to sustain feeding that kid. So crazy hair loss then as well. So you really do have to support yourself. And there are things, you know, nutritionally, but then there are things we can do topically as well to make sure people are able to grow their best hair back once that cycle ends. Okay. So remember those, because I want to talk about what those are those babies really suck a stride, don't they? And <laughs> in more ways than one. What about? Yes, they do. What about when about aging? I mean, is it is just hair loss just an inevitable part of the aging process? You know, a lot. We hear a lot, especially you know at this point in our life that oh, it's normal. You're just getting older, and I hate that. I hate it when people say that. But I, what's normal about it is that. Once we hit perimenopause, menopause, our estrogen levels are dropping. So yes, the hair loss is does come with that. The other thing, you know, with your estrogen levels lowering, that can also put you into more of, of like a androgen or testosterone dominance, which can also contribute to hair loss. So keeping those hormones balanced, and I know some people are nervous about hormone replacement therapy, but bioidentical hormone replacement therapy is amazing for hair loss at this stage in the game. Ah, good to know. Okay. So it's really associated with estrogen loss, your hair loss. Yes. Okay. Good to know. And I I agree on the bioidentical hormones. I think they are extremely helpful for many, many things, including your hair. Well, since we're talking about hormones, let's talk about how, or I guess in general, kind of, it's making me think of the Dutch test because I know you like the Dutch test and I love the Dutch test. And so let's talk about maybe the testing that you would do on somebody. So you, you have you have them fill out this questionnaire, kind of get a sense of maybe what, maybe what the root cause is of the hair loss. Is it hormonal? Is it nutritional? Is it some kind of inflammatory response or stress response? So what kind of testing might you do with somebody to, as part of their, you know, gathering information? Well, and so unfortunately, and I'm, I'm sure you know this with your practice, that there's never just one cause. And so while there are those three main categories of hair loss, we're any, people are usually dealing with definitely more than one. They've got several things in each category. And so it's really Train, you know, training as an FDN, what we're trained to do is identify as many of the hidden stressors as possible. And we do that with uh, a core set of labs. There's four different labs that we run. Now, me kind of focusing on hair loss, because the Dutch, while FDN does love Dutch, we're not trained in it. And so I'm training separately in that to use in my practice. And so I'm really finding that the Dutch is very helpful the GI map, but some food sensitivities. And then while I am not trained in thyroid testing, I will be soon. And thyroid also plays a big part. But the interesting thing about that, and we can get into that in a little bit with the thyroid is usually if you focus on liver health and detox pathways, 
the thyroid really improves as far as hair loss is concerned. So I really do focus on that. But and then also when you get into the Dutch and you can see the, you know, phase one and phase two detox. But as for the Dutch, what I love so much about the Dutch with hair loss is it's kind of like five tests in one. So it's showing me hormone levels, but it's also showing me the pathways that they are choosing. So if, you know, that five alpha reductase is being chosen and it's choosing that more androgenic pathway, you really see a lot of that in like PCOS. And, and so it's just helpful to see if that is a big proponent. And so that, that genetic or DHT hair loss, you know, they say it's excess DHT. Well, in, in my digging in and my research, looking for, you know, those, those, those further upstream answers and looking for what is contributing to producing more DHT, it truly is, it comes down to mitochondrial function and health and insulin resistance and inflammation. So, so we can't just chalk it up to DHT and say, oh, here, oh, here take some DHT blockers. You know, that's, that's really, that's still putting a Band-Aid on it. It's, it's not addressing it. And so, but I do like to be able to see those pathways so we can see what we're up against and, and then see those, that phase one and phase two detoxification and really see where we can support the body in hormone production. And then the other thing that is so great about the Dutch is it's got the organic acid section. So it shows me B6, B12, it shows biotin, and then also shows that indican, which is that protein digestion. And I think nutrient deficiencies has got to be probably, I would put that at the top of the list for hair loss causes. And so while our society right now, we're all very much pro-protein and we're all consuming tons of protein. I know seeing my lab results, I am not digesting it properly. And so just by adding in some enzymes and then also some different aminos that are very easily absorbed has really been a game changer for me and my own hair health, nails, skin, all of that. So I love being able to see that on the Dutch as well. So in love with the Dutch. Yeah. And I also love that you can, you know, get a read on cortisol and how that's operating in the body. And like you said, also like the, the estrogenic pathway is the way estrogen is moving. Just it's, it's so full of information. Yeah. And that cortisol, and I love the plus because it's got that cortisol awakening response. Mm -hmm. And so in, in FDN, we are trained extensively on what cortisol, how cortisol throws everything off balance. And then what kind of phase you are in adrenal, like, and, and I don't want to say adrenal fatigue because, you know, as we know, they say that's not a real thing, but we do look at that, what level of HPA axis dysfunction are you in? And so in FDN, we break that down to um, like an acute phase, like where you're just cranking it out constantly and you still feel pretty good because you're living on cortisol, but you don't really realize it. And so we don't usually see a lot of those people show up asking for help because they still feel pretty good. But then they drop off into like more of a compensatory phase in that adrenal function. And so that's where, you know, you can't really get going in the morning without that cup of coffee. And then in the afternoon, you, you, you want co coffee again because you're just, you know, you're tanking. And then, you know, evening comes around and now you're wired and you want that glass of wine to wind down. And so that's, I see a lot of people in that phase. And then from there, you know, it goes right off the edge into the exhaustive phase. And being able to see that and know where people are at has been so helpful because, as you know, especially when you hit perimenopause and menopause, over-exercising just makes things worse. And and so I do love that about the Dutch as well, that we get to see that and and really work on some lifestyle stuff to help support everybody's hormones and adrenals and overall, you know, quality of life. So love it. Yeah. And it's gotten pretty pricey. <laughs> The, it yes the old and unfortunately yeah functional lab testing is not cheap and so that's why you know in FDN they they want us to do four or five labs and they are great and they really do give you this big picture but I really feel like with what the Dutch offers it it has a couple of those other tests that we run as FDNs in in the Dutch and so I think you know I can knock it down to like two lab tests and so I'm trying to figure out how do I make this doable for, for people? And then 
I don't do anything without additional support and coaching. So I don't just run a lab and then say, here are your results and send you on your way. I mean, we're really going to dig into lifestyle and we're going to correlate and create a program that really does help you, help you help your body find homeostasis and get back to feeling better and growing great hair. So it's, I, and I think that's what the, where the medical community is, you know, not able to help us. They don't, they don't have that luxury of time. And that's where I think as, you know, functional health coaches, we, we get to spend time with people and there is a lot of value in that. Yeah. I just had a client and she, she got an integrative doctor. So, you know, pulling in your kind of conventional holistic and they'd run two, she'd had two Dutch tests with them and she brought the, the latest one to me. And, and I was like, okay, I'm sure they told you this, but she's like, no, like, okay, well, so I'm like going through the Dutch with her explaining it. I mean, they didn't explain anything at all. I was shocked and she'd spent so much money Anyway, so yeah, I think I think that's where, you know, what we do is kind of a inter- intermediary, or even just you know, and a lot of times just kind of the 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 first steps of being able to help people unravel stuff like this. But but anyway, yes. I do say the Dutch is worth it, and getting the car the the car added on is worth it, even though it's pricey. Okay, so you do another test though that is related to hair that, or I heard you talking about it and tell us what that is. Cause this sounds so interesting and I'd never heard of it mm. until you talked about it. Yeah, this little device is amazing. And so what it is, is a epigenetic follicle analysis and it's, it's amazing. And I can do it in person or I can have a kit set to anybody in the United States. So, but we literally pull four to five hairs out of the back of your head and I put it on this device that scans and does this vibrational read. Don't ask me how that works because I have no idea. But it does this vibrational read and it ships this information off to a lab in Germany. And within 10 to 15 minutes, I get back a 30-page report that is a 90-day overview of what's gone on inside the body. And it shows me vitamins, minerals, amino acids, fatty acids, antioxidants, shows me EMF loads, toxins, radiation, heavy metals, fungus, bacteria, viruses, parasites. I mean, it truly is, it's such an amazing tool for health optimization. And, and it comes back, the information comes back in a couple of different kinds of reports. I can choose what kind of report I would like to see this information in. And so in the salon, we do what's called a hair, skin, and nail report. So it's really something that we can do, we can do quickly. The report comes back in, in, in an email so we can give it to our clients. It's pretty self-explanatory, but it'll show you kind of what you are, where some deficiencies are or imbalances. And the great thing about this report is that um, it gives you lists of foods for each thing that shows up on your report. It gives you a list of foods of where you can find these nutrients or foods that help with certain detoxification processes. And so it's not like, oh, here, go run out and buy these supplements, you know? So we're not, because my goal is always to never just treat the paper and it's to figure out how do we support the body, you know, overall. And so, but that report is pretty self-explanatory. And then in my practice, I do a level up and it's an immune report and it comes back, same information, but it adds on which systems are in distress. So whether there's protein digestion, sugar metabolism, fatty acid metabolism, immune function, and it'll show me um, not just what like which which system is in distress, but then I can take that and I've I've learned how to use it as a map, and then I can look at certain aminos or especially minerals, and just when certain things are showing up together, that tells me okay we are really dealing with insulin resistance, we're dealing with you know type two diabetes or, you know, congested liver, fatty liver. And it's, it's such a power, it really is a powerful tool. So for, for that quick, affordable, just kind of, and it's still, like I said, it's more for optimization and, but it has been a great tool in the salon and I am training my stylists on it. They are starting to use it in the salon as well with their clients. And I'm also 
creating a, an online course for other hairstylists and salons to teach them a more functional approach to helping their clients with hair loss and how to utilize this device and use it in their salons as well and, and help their clients. So it's been a, a really cool, <laughs> it's been a cool tool to, to use. That is, that is really cool. Super neat. Let's talk about, because you mentioned EMFs, let's talk about what you've seen, the impact of that and kind of toxic load and how that plays into all of this. And so just for everybody listening, like we're talking about hair, right? But but as you'll notice, we're going but all the way back to the basics that we're always talking about here, right? Because that's it, it is not just that superficial thing like the weight or the hair it you have to look at all of the the foundational inputs and how that's impacting the body so i'd love for you to talk about toxins and emfs and how that plays a role in the body and how that might impact you know hair and just your overall health yeah so emfs i mean all of us our lifestyle nowadays what are we like we're constantly on our cell phones holding it. It's putting off radiation. We're in front of a computer screen. We're in front of TV screens. Everything in our house plugs into the wall. So we're being constantly bombarded with these electromagnetic fields. And I think we, because we can't see them, we don't consider them. We don't really think about them. And then when you see the inflammation markers in like, like the 80HGD is what we look at in, in our labs. And and you see that inflammation, and then on that, that with that epigenetic follicle, follicle analysis, everybody, I don't think there's been one person I've done a report on that hasn't had, you know, the from the Wi-Fi and their cell phones and their TV screens, which is their computer screens, you know, it shows up for everybody. And it really is causing a lot of inflammation, more so than we know. The other thing that I've seen with these EMFs, which is really sad, is that report that I run, I can also do on dogs and cats and even horses. And the, the dogs that I've done, and you think about, you know, they're half our body mass and they absorb all of this stuff as well. And so I see really high EMF loads in people's pets and that's pretty sad. <laughs> and so that's been interesting. But then the, you know, the toxins in general. So my, my own personal experience with that was going through FDN school Part of our curriculum is that we are our own client. And so we run all of the labs on ourselves, And then we go through those labs with a mentor and they help us interpret them and, and figure out what's going on. And my mentor's name is Dustin. Great guy. But he was so concerned over my inflammation markers. And so he asked what I did for a living. And I told him, well, no, I'm, I'm a hairstylist. And he asked how long. And I said, forever. And his response to me was, he goes, well, this makes sense. But he said, I don't, I don't want to scare you. But the most, the, the sickest people that I work with in my practice are hairstylists. And that got me, it, I mean, it, it was upsetting, but it got me to thinking about in the last 30 years, all the hairstylists that I have known that have had leukemia and cancer and horrible reactions to the latex gloves or allergic reactions and throat cancer. And I mean, just horrible things. And so besides being in a salon, you know, full of devices and holding a hairdryer all day and now running our businesses on our phones, we're in these toxins all day long. And when it goes through your skin, you know, it's not getting filtered through your liver. We are absorbing those toxins directly into our bloodstream. So that has been that is causing me to take a big shift overall for the health and concern of my clients, but mostly my hairstylists because they're the ones that are in it all day. So yeah, we do not take this toxin thing seriously enough. Yeah. You know, thinking about this, I'm, I'm thinking that like my hair situation is probably one of the more toxic things that I do <laughs> to myself. I have cleaned up a lot of things in my life, but, you know, I get my hair highlighted, you know, every seven to eight weeks. I, you, I, I have changed so many products that I use, but I still use my Olaplex, you know, on my hair because mm -hmm. it works well. And I think those are just, and I know we, I've had some questions on my community, like, 
how bad is highlighting for you? You know, how toxic are there alternatives? And like, what are alternatives that are, you know, maybe good, better hair products, but it's a tough one because it's kind of like when I tell people like, I love beauty counter because beauty counter just like for, I haven't found their hair stuff to be as, you know, workable for me, but I need cleaner products that work like my chemical products. And that is the challenge, the challenge for us right now, because, you know, now I cannot unlearn what I know, right? So I can't go back to the salon and feel good about keeping things the way they are. So we're on the hunt right now. I, I'm in, I've been talking to reps and researching different lines because that is the challenge, finding the natural products that perform like the ones that are not clean. And it's, it truly is a challenge, but I think, I think we've found them when I know for sure, I'll let everybody know what they are. Uh, but, but that has truly been <laughs> the, the biggest thing. And the other thing that people, I don't think realize how bad plastic, how much plastic contributes to these toxin loads and, and they are such endocrine disruptors. And then like the phthalates in the products that you know, help enhance the fragrance and make it last longer. Those are huge endocrine disruptors. So that's what we're on the big hunt. So the product lines that we are bringing in to my salon are in glass. We're kicking plastic to the curb. It will not be allowed in. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, finding that as well. So not only does it have to be EWG clean, it has to perform and it has to come in glass. So that is our current challenge. Yeah, that's a tall order but a very it is. noble, awesome one. And I can't wait till you figure it all out and then you can let us know. That'll be fantastic. So you're going to completely transform your salon. And then you will also be teaching other salon owners and hairstylists like how to do all this. That is just so fantastic. That is the goal. And then, you know, you were talking about your highlights. And I will say that highlights are probably... The, if you're going to color your hair, that's probably your best option because that lightener or that color is sitting in foils. It's not sitting directly on your scalp. So I say, I say yay to highlights. <laughs> so yay. You don't have to give those, you don't have to give those up. Oh, good to know. Good to know. Okay. Everyone's going to be super happy to hear about that. Yeah. Gosh, that is so crazy that, you know, you getting all your tests back and then, and then hearing your mentor or your guide say like, yeah, hairstylists are among the most sick and toxic. I mean, that is, when you think about it, it does make sense. You were just, you know, immersed in so many toxic things, breathing that in all those things all day long. Yeah. It was, it was a little heartbreaking because I mean, it truly is, has been such a great career. I mean, our clients show up, they're happy to see us, right? We have so much fun. And literally my job is physically exhausting by the end of the day, but truly what I do is I just visit with friends all day long. So who can complain about that? <laughs> when you dig in and you see how it does affect your health, just the, the chemical aspect of it, it just, you know, that's, that's not okay. And I really think that this industry needs to be held up to some higher standards or at least, I guess what I'm, my goal is to, yeah, just educate, educate how these salon owners can do things a little bit different. And, and then also, I mean, not just for their, their own stylists and stuff, but you know, our clients, we have this, this front row seat to our client's health. And we, like you said, you, you see your stylist every seven to eight weeks. And so we, we see things, we notice things about people's health but like their skin, do they, do they look gray? Do they look yellow? Is their hair bitter? It's gummy. It's breaking. It's brittle. Their scalp's all of a sudden a disaster. So we, we just have this front row seat. And then on top of that, we know more things about our clients than probably, you know, their own family members. We, we hear it all. So we know truly what's going on in their life, the things that are happening and the stress that they're under, the illnesses they're facing. So I, I just, I think we have this opportunity as stylists that to take on this extra responsibility and be that, you know, that, that frontline kind of person for our client's health and be that advocate and help them to 
head things off at the pass, you know, before they really turn into big issues. We, we have a huge opportunity as stylists where, where we stand. And, and I think that is actually, you know, pretty exciting. It, that is what I'm saying. This is just the neatest combination. And yeah, my stylist knows everything. I mean, I'm sitting there for two and a half hours. She knows everything. Like she could blackmail me. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, don't upset your first And also I'm like, you can never yeah. die or move away because I need you for my hair. Like there is a special relationship between people and their hairstylists. Absolutely. And and these changes that I'm working on making is it, they're so bittersweet because while I'm so excited to not be stand, standing behind a chair all day and give myself a little bit of a break there and, and use my knowledge, you know, on another level, it's, uh, it's so sad to think about, I'm not going to see, you know, all of these women on this regular basis that I have this amazing bond with. And, and that is, honestly one reason why I am not giving the salon up and also because I love my hairstylists I love watching them grow and build their businesses and being able to help them in that department as well so it's just truly such a cool industry and career so I, I can't completely walk away from it so yeah I have to figure out how to combine all of these things to make them work well you are and it's also going to do a lot of good in the world I think that's just a uh fantastic and amazing and like such a it's like such a god thing like how you know like how god guides you and leads you and even you know makes beauty from ashes where our own health troubles you know like how both of us kind of got into this with our own health issues and just making that help other people i just it's amazing yeah i really feel like it's a god thing for sure yes absolutely okay so i want to like i asked my people, like I said, some questions. And so we kind of have some, your, you know, everyday questions, the top of everybody's mind. And we've talked about some of these. Let's kind of circle back. You, you touched on the thyroid, the connection between, you know, kind of thyroid and hair loss. Do you have any, is there anything more to say about that? Because I had somebody ask, what is the connection between hypothyroidism and thinned hair? How long does it take for thyroid issues to impact hair, both positively and negatively. Yeah, well, thyroid hormones play a, a like a very critical role in the development and maintenance of hair follicles. So, when you have low levels or even high levels, it disrupts the growth phase, which yeah. is the antigen phase, and it disrupts the resting phase, which is that that telogen phase. And so, by disrupting those phases, you know it's it's shortening your growth phase and then extending that rest phase. And that's why you're, you're seeing hair thinning. And um, it also makes, it could make your hair brittle. I've even seen it make hair gummy when it's wet. I can't tell you how many people, um, how many of my clients I have suggested they go see their physician because something was up with their hair and I knew it was a thyroid. I'm like, you need to go get your thyroid run. And so thyroid plays a huge part in it. And it does take several months for you to, for, for this to stop for, I mean, you've got to kind of figure out what's causing that thyroid, right? And so that's why we work on detox pathways and, and the hormone balancing and, and your gut. So we're not recirculating toxins and hormones and we want to work on all those things. And once we can get that under control and that thyroid can get balanced back out, then that, that growth phase is most growth phases, I mean, they can be anywhere from two to eight years, depending on the person and your genetics. But that telogen phase, that rest phase is like three to four months. And so that's why when you are, are working with anything with promoting hair growth, you're not going to see any kind of results for at least three to four months, maybe six months. So a lot of times it takes six months to get things back into balance. And then you're not going to see that growth again for another three or four months. So that is just my experience with with hair and thyroid. Okay. And you know, and as you mentioned earlier and uh, maybe not everybody knows this, but I mean if you've ever worked with me or maybe people that work with you, you know that thyroid is a we've got to look at the the downstream. Like what was more root than that? It's usually like it's other hormones like cortisol, right? Insulin and those things. So you have to really look at those things first. Anytime we're looking at thyroid, you want to look at those other 
effects first before you go straight to the thyroid. I mean, that's kind of the problem. Absolutely. Because what I see, I see everybody goes, they get straight put on medication. And then I will say that the thyroid meds can also cause hair loss. So that's a double whammy. And, and then after three or four months, so even if that thyroid medication, somebody noticed an improvement in how they felt, it doesn't usually last longer than three or four months if you're not addressing all of those other things you just mentioned. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, always going back to those um, kind of foundational root causes, everybody. Okay, let's see. So what about supplements like biotin or collagen? I mean, are they worth taking, using for promoting hair? Can they do anything? I do. I my biggest pet peeve is when someone tells me they're just they're taking biotin because I think it truly is difficult to have a biotin deficiency. But again, you know, it's a B vitamin. It's B7. So if you're not digesting your protein and so it's more than just taking that biotin. It's like, why? Why would you be deficient in it? Right. So let's make sure you are digesting your protein and and getting those nutrients that you need. And so by just taking more biotin, you're not really going to help. And there's also no real scientific backup saying that biotin does improve hair growth. I think, I think there is some data out there showing that it can help with brittle nails or the quality of your hair, but it's not going to help you grow hair. As far as collagen, the, I think collagen can be very helpful and is because it's giving you, you know, B vitamins and aminos and, and different things like that as well. So the collagen that I cannot keep on the shelves is literally that Nutrafol but collagen. It's, it's a really great product and very easily digestible and absorbable. And so people have seen really good results with that collagen. And I don't have a lot of experience with other collagens, but I think collagen is, can definitely be helpful. Okay. Good to know. I, yeah, I mean, a lot of it, I hear you saying a lot, and I say this all the time, amino acids. I mean, it's just huge, right? And so you can get amino acids from collagen. You can also take something like Perfect Amino, which those things are great because they're easily digestible, right? And so again, it, it goes back to that your diet is one thing, the food you put in your mouth, are you eating enough protein, but then the engine of your body, can your body break down the protein? Can you even utilize the amino acids to make all of these things you need like hair, right? Exactly. And my hair is the thickest it's ever been. My nails, literally, I can't break them. And I've never experienced this before. And it is because I am taking body health aminos. And I don't do the tablets because I can't swallow that many tablets on top of my cell core protocol. <laughs> I just can't do it. But the I do the chocolate aminos in my mushroom coffee every morning. And while my husband says it smells disgusting, I have amazing hair right now. So <laughs> we're going with it. So and the other thing that I that I see, like my base protocol involves um you know, grass-fed beef liver capsules, cod liver, magnesium, minerals. So I add trace mineral drops and then these aminos. And that is kind of like my base protocol to get people started when we are dealing with hair loss. Mm, those are great juicy tips. Okay, fantastic. Okay, I'm looking at my list here. Oh, we had a question about dandruff and actually this person, their child's dandruff. So any insight on dandruff. The first thing that comes to my mind is fatty acids, but what do you think? Um, absolutely fatty acids. And so, you know, there's, there's two types. You can have the dry flaky dandruff, or you can have the oily scaly dandruff. And the oily scaly is definitely more of, I think they're both internal jobs. Like we're, we're going to go right back to how are you digesting your food? And dairy is usually a big culprit as well and gluten when we start seeing different scalp issues. So usually just by eliminating gluten and dairy and working on digestion, you can clear dandruff up pretty easily. Okay. Good deal. How about there's, I don't know, like, okay, things like how often to wash your hair and is it true that you should rinse shampoo with warm water and 
rinse your conditioner with cold water because that's what I do. And it's like the only time I ever get anywhere close to having my cold plunge, which is not even a cold plunge. It's like I rinse with lukewarm water because I despise cold water. But anyway, okay, what say you? <laughs> so the the hair wash debate, you know, I'm I'm glad I'm seeing much less use of the dry shampoo. So good job, everybody. <laughs> let's, let's, you know, let's just throw that in the trash can. Okay, what, so I, really, truly, tell everybody why. Why? What's up with dry shampoo? It builds up on the scalp and it clogs your hair follicles. So you're not going to grow healthy hair if your hair follicles are all plugged up. And so you've got to keep a healthy, clean scalp. So I suggest that everybody shampoos about three times a week. And unless you really do have a DHT component, so you're dealing with that dihydrotestosterone because what it does, it builds up in the sebaceous gland and it comes out in the sebum and the oil on your scalp and that is attacking your hair follicle. So then you need to shampoo daily because we want to control that as much as we can. And there are natural things that you can use topically to help with that DHT as well. So I have some stuff that I use for that. But for normal, if you're not dealing with what we call genetic hair loss, shampoo, you know, three times a week. And then once a week, you should be using a good exfoliant, like a, like a scrub. And if you want to just add some sea salt in to your shampoo, that's a great way to do it. And, or they have these great little handheld scrubby, like silicone pointy, but soft scrub brushes that you can lather up your hair and then get in there and really scrub your scalp with one of those brushes. And that also helps get your circulation going, blood flow going, and actually incites a little bit of a healing response. Like your body, like if you're aggravating a little bit, you know, your body's going to be like, it's going to send more stem cells and things there too. So it is very helpful in, in growing hair. So yeah, shampoo your hair probably a little more often than you think you should. And then as far as the water thing, yeah, real hot water is not good because it's, it can mess with the acid mantle on your scalp. You know, we want to keep a nice, you know, pH and that we, we want a happy acid mantle on our scalp. You don't, you don't want to damage that. The other thing that hot water does, it just blows open the cuticles of your hair shaft. So that's why rinsing with cool water gives you that, that softer, shinier hair. It's because it's sealing the cuticle. And for anybody who is doing um, hair color, it also, you know, you want that cuticle shut down to help hold your hair, hair color in and it will help your color last a little bit longer. Such good tips. Okay. So that's true that we should be rinsing with cool water, cold water. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. I love this. I'm like, okay, like I said, this is probably like the hair episode, like the most full, well-rounded hair episode I'll ever do. And so I, I'm just, I've got to cover every basis. Is there anything else? I think we've covered so much. This has been awesome. Is there anything else that we didn't talk about that we should talk about as far as any of the stuff we've talked about today regarding hair? You know, I, I was, I'd like to touch a little bit just on some of the, the treatments that are available, because if you're going to be dealing with hair loss, now is a great time to have to deal with it. There are, there really truly are some really great treatments out there that are very helpful. You just have to make sure at the same time you are addressing what's going on on the inside so that you can get optimal results and keep those results. And so in my practice, I use things like microchanneling with stem cells and I use a stamping process and it incites that healing response. The body sends it on stem cells, but then I add um, extra stem cells and I get great results with that in, in growth promotion. The one thing about that, I know a lot of people are using exosomes and they're using things from, uh, you know, like umbilical cords and placental material, and that does not align with my values. So the brand that I use, they use stem cells from, literally UCLA students in the medical program that donate bone marrow. So that's where my stem cells come from. And they do also use some stem cells from hair follicles. So that is a great option if, if any of you are looking for that extra little boost. PRP can be very helpful, but again, it, it, that can be expensive. I mean, I'm sorry, expensive and painful. So you just want to make sure you're doing whatever you can internally. The other thing that I that truly is helpful is low light laser therapy. And that is literally those red laser, you know, you see the ball caps that you wear or the lasers. 
Now there are different levels of those lasers and I only use and I only sell the medical grade because you will see results usually within 30 to 90 days. And the ones that are not medical grade, you'll use it every day for a year before you see results. And I don't know about you, but you know, I, I'm pretty instant gratification. And so, and so are most of my, my clients. So the, if you're going to go, go for it, just go big and it is worth the investment. And I think, I think that's about it. Use, use good products. You don't have to be on drugs. You don't have to, there are, you have options beside, you know, medical prescriptions. So try to go as clean as you can and I'm not saying that minoxidil can't be helpful. It can, but there can be side effects. And then once you quit using it, you, the hair that it kept you from losing during that time period you were using it, you will lose within three months. So it's, I just don't understand why you would want to do that to yourself. So there are other options. Okay. Those are all, oh, that's such great insight. Thank you. Oh, oh, you're welcome. Gosh, this has been awesome. Okay. Before you go, I have to ask you the anchor questions. So- what mm. is your anchor meal? My anchor meal, like I don't, I don't really have a daily one, but my like comfort food that makes me happy and it makes my husband happy is like elk pot roast with the potatoes, the carrots, the mushrooms, and a salad. That is our feel good meal. And that I'm just grateful that we currently have an elk in the freezer. So well, yeah, that's right. Cause you, you, you're a hunter right? Yes. Tell, yeah. tell everybody your other little side job that you've done. Gun. Oh, I am a certified firearms instructor and I teach women's firearms courses. And I actually just taught a concealed carry weapons course on Saturday. So yeah, that was my side hustle. <laughs> my side hustle. Love the other things. I, I just love that. When I learned that about you, I'm like, that is, this chick is so cool in so many ways. I love that. <laughs> That is awesome. Okay. So your elk, I love that. How about an anchor verse, your kind of go-to verse or your life verse or one that's resonating with you now? I am a Psalm 23 girl. And I think that that verse definitely, like you see it on everything. It's very popular, but I will say as a child, it was the first verse my mom taught me and had me memorize and had me use if I was having a nightmare. And so it's always been very comforting. And I had an interesting thing happen. You know, you were talking about our Exodus retreat and Psalm 23 is also the verse my sister and I were reciting as our mother was, you know, going home to the Lord. And so that, do you remember the book that Tia gave us? Yes. Mm -hmm. She wrote in it, she wrote, she just wrote out, she just wrote Psalm 23. And when she handed me my book, she said, I'm supposed to say to you Psalm 23. <laughs> oh, and so. Oh my God. That just, you know, it kind of threw me over the the, the ledge there, at Exodus, because you know how, I mean, God was moving, but that that really got me. So I, I have to go with my Psalm 23. <laughs> I love that. Okay. And so I hadn't talked about this, but so at our Exodus retreat, Tia, oh gosh, what's her last name? I can't think of it offhand. Wood. Tia Wood. Tia Wood was our guest speaker, and she has a book called Kick Fear in the Face, and she... Exodus bought a book for all of the people, all of the attendees and participants of the retreat. And so ahead of time, Tia wrote a little inscription to each person, but she'd never met us. She didn't know anything about us. She just had a list of our names. And then she just kind of prophetically wrote. So she wrote that to you, which was amazing. And then she wrote in mine, and gosh, I can't remember the verse, but it was, it was the, the cattle. It was about cattle. And oh, yeah. remember, and gosh, Yes, I remember me offhand what it was, but you know, like we're just, there's like, I don't know, ranchy things happening. And so to, for her to write that was, it, it I felt the same way as you. I was just completely blown away. And so like the Lord was working there and it was just amazing. So little plug for Tia, plug for Exodus. <laughs> Everybody, you should join Carrie and I at our next Exodus retreat, which will be next August. And so you can go to the Exodus website to find more information. It may not be posted at the time of this, you know, when this podcast comes out, but it will be soon. So come hang out with us at Exodus. All right. This has been fantastic. Carrie, please. I, everyone's going to be like, okay, now I need to uh, ask Carrie something, or I want to get <laughs> one of these 
talk about one of these hair things. So where can people find you, reach out, or learn more about what you're doing? I am mostly on Instagram and my handle is at nourished and I had to spell it a little differently. So it's N-U-R-I-S-H period D. And so that's nourished hair loss and wellness, but the handle is at nourished. And that's where I spend most of my time. <clears throat> also, my email is carry at nourished.org and I website and then the salon, we're in Flagstaff, but we're, we are also on Instagram and that is at crimson and clover hair studio. So best way to reach me. Okay. And I would recommend that everybody send this podcast, send the link to your hairstylist and let them listen to it. And just for, for many reasons, for to be aware of their own health and, you know, just being aware of that they need to care for their own health, being in the profession that they're in, but also learning more about the things that Carrie is doing and that they might want that opportunity to make some of those changes and learn from Carrie to make those changes in their own salon that they're in. So I would highly recommend everybody forward this podcast to their beloved hairstylist. All right. Well, that was amazing. Thank you, my friend. I loved getting to talk to you. No, thank you so much. This was so much fun. And I hope I get to talk to you soon. I know. Me too. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you have a healthy and blessed week, and I will talk to you soon. Hi, everyone. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.